0: Welcome to Beside the Burn for Monday the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, as we uh, continue our series in the Book of Daniel. Something slightly different for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm on holiday this week and uh, I've decided to split chapter five over two weeks of Beside the Burn. So we're going to look at a few less verses each day, and perhaps these little uh, thoughts might be a little bit shorter uh, over the next two weeks. But it means with me being on holiday and uh, Stephen... Um, Dinsmore is going to be taking the service on Sunday it means that you'll still have a beside the burn uh, right through next week as well so I hope that's helpful and I hope you uh, like the slightly different format for the next couple of weeks also gives me an opportunity uh, to tell you about our studies coming up to Easter Uh, Lent begins on Wednesday uh, the 1st of March and we are going to be looking at uh, a book entitled 40 women uh, unseen women from the bible from Eden to easter and we're going to be looking at the lives of 40 different women in the 40 days of lent and this book is a devotional book, not not quite the same as the one that we had at Christmas with looking at the book of Ruth. But again, it's devotional readings, a couple of pages each day. There are links on the website and the blog below as to how you can get a copy of the book. If you want to, you can ask me on a Sunday at church. And we can order up some books for you, Uh, but you should be able to get it on Amazon, 10 of those, go into a bookshop and order it all the different ways. Uh, But we're going to be looking at 40 women and some of these stories are going to be very familiar to us. But because we're going to be looking at them from the perspective of the woman, hopefully it will give us a completely different uh, perspective on the story coming up to Easter. And I hope that you'll join us on that story uh, beginning at the beginning of March. I said the first Wednesday, the first of March Not sure if that is the actual date But it's the beginning of March And we'll work on this together But let's move into Daniel chapter 5 today And if you haven't listened to the sermon from Sunday already Then there'll be a link below to that sermon And you can go back and listen to it And that will give you a good understanding of where we're heading to and all of this But today we're going to look at verses 1 to 4 So let's read together So the chapter opens in quite dramatic form I suppose because it just simply states King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Now up until this point in the first four chapters we've been dealing with King Nebuchadnezzar and all of a sudden with no introduction at all we come across Belshazzar and we're left wondering Who is this king? And we'll find out in verse 2 who he is, or indeed we're given a little clue as to who he is, but it's not quite accurate in what we're told about him. But here he has a a great feast, and there are a thousand people invited to the feast. So this is some size of a hall that they're eating in, and a thousand um, lords are, are invited to it. And what we find is that Daniel is not part of this thousand that have been gathered. So where is Daniel? What's his position at this time? Well, Daniel's a lot older now. He's probably in his 80s, as I was saying on Sunday. And therefore, perhaps he's retired. Perhaps he's not Uh, part of the the hierarchy of the kingdom anymore under nebuchadnezzar he was right-hand man he was ruling in many of the provinces but now new king in charge perhaps daniel has been retired and is no longer about and as we'll find out later they have to send for daniel to bring him in because they need his wisdom Belshazzar is drinking wine in front of the thousand. So he's showing his arrogance, he's showing his privilege here, that he is the king, he's the one that's able to drink wine, and he's about to share that wine with others as well. So let's move on to verse 2. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Now there is so much that is contained in this one verse. Uh, All of a sudden, Belshazzar, because of the wine, he's tasted it, he wants to share it with everyone else. So he thinks, okay, I'm really going to show how uh, great a king I am here. I'm going to use some vessels of gold and silver that Nebuchadnezzar, had captured from the Israelites. And you remember back at the start of chapter one we were told that Nebuchadnezzar had gone into the temple and taken these articles and put them into the pagan temple but we never hear of Nebuchadnezzar actually using them. They've sat there for these past 60 odd years and Belshazzar decides that he is actually going to use them and what a mistake this is, taking these sacred items and profaning them by uh, just pouring wine into them and allowing people to drink from them. And he's saying here that he is greater than Nebuchadnezzar. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar gathered these things, but he never did anything with them. But look at me, I can do whatever I want. We'll fill them with wine and everyone will be able to drink from them. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is described here as Belshazzar's father, but that's not quite accurate. Nebuchadnezzar would technically be his grandfather, but the Chaldeans didn't really have a word for grandfather. They just talked about ancestors. So if you were a father or a grandfather or a great-grandfather, you were given the same title as father. So Nebuchadnezzar is one who went before Belshazzar. And what happened was Nebuchadnezzar had some daughters. uh, They were married and uh, two of the daughter's husbands uh, became kings after Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, They have been killed and now a third daughter's husband is king and that is uh, Nabonidus who is married to Nebuchadnezzar's daughter. And Belshazzar is actually the son of Nabonus. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar's daughter. And he's described here as king because Nabonus, his father, goes off and doesn't actually spend very much time in uh, Babylon itself. He travels and goes to the other areas. Perhaps he, he likes living in the other areas better. He maybe likes the climate or whatever, we're not told. But Belshazzar, his son, is left back in Babylon to rule there. Because if you're a king and you've gone off round the rest of your kingdom and you're making decisions wherever you go, you need someone back at home who's able to rule and make decisions without the threat of trying to take over. So a son is a, a good option in this case. So Belshazzar. Is a son of the king, but he's referred to as king because he's ruling in Babylon. And that's significant. We'll come to that whenever he starts uh, offering the rewards for the interpretation later on in the story. So these uh, gold and silver items are taken out of the temple. And that then means that the thousand guests who are there are able to drink from them. And the guests include his lords and his wives and his concubines. And they all drink from them. These vessels which were sacred are now being used in this unholy matter. And we'll see later on whenever Daniel comes in, he mentions these vessels. And I would get the impression that whenever Daniel walks in and sees the vessels, his heart just sinks. And he, he thinks, oh, as to all that has happened over these 60 years, now they're using these vessels In such a terrible way. And they're using these vessels uh, to, to praise other gods. So then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple. The house of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. And they drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. They are praising these other gods using the vessels that were meant for the temple and it's interesting as well that these gods that they are worshipping, the gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone, this all makes us think of the great statue that Nebuchadnezzar dreamt of in chapter 2. And Belshazzar is almost saying, if he knew of that dream and if he knew of the statue and what had been said at the time and the prediction that had been made, Belshazzar is basically saying, look, I'm better than Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar knew that his time was limited and knew that one day his kingdom would fall, but I'm going to trust in the gods of each of these elements and those gods will protect me and, and will keep me king and will keep our kingdom together. And so it's a total disregard for the God of Israel, taking the vessels um rubbishing the the prediction from the statue that had come in chapter 2 and all of these things are pointing to the fact that Belshazzar has pride and he is um, wanting to exercise his control. So Let's stop there in in verse four and we'll come back tomorrow and we'll look at the the next couple of verses together. But let's bow in prayer and let's just think about what we've learned today. Lord God Almighty, we realise from the reading of your word today that it's important that we keep holy just as you are holy, that we keep holy the things that are holy to you and we respect your word and what you have taught us. Forgive us, Lord, whenever we have forgotten what you have said. Forgive us, Lord, whenever we have not lived by what you have said. Forgive us, Lord, whenever we've shown our own pride and arrogance and simply ignored your word. Forgive us, we pray, And help us, Lord, to trust you. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.